0: that God's going to do and so today is called victory Sunday and the reason we're doing that is that we are celebrating all that God has done and that we are praying for all that God is going to do and so this morning though to share some exciting news and going back and forth I'm gonna need a little help from you guys today so if you get excited for something feel free to shout an amen um, clap a little bit I know it's not common for us to interact here in the service but it's okay if we can get a little more charismatic this morning, okay, just to interact with me here, because we're gonna be sharing a lot of fun things and exciting things. If you're heckling, maybe not. Maybe not that interaction, but encouragement, I appreciate that as we go into it. No, I uh, this last week spent some time up in Flagstaff with the family. I got to recharge and refuel, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, my, my wife loves to snow ski, my kids picked up snowboarding. I prefer snow falling. Um, both to watch and physically. That's what I do, is I just fall. Uh, I I consider myself the Buzz Lightyear of the mountain. Um, I'm just falling with style, okay? And uh, I am still hurting quite a bit, actually. Uh, I am not good at snow sports, but uh, my kids picked it up, and I'm both proud of them and jealous, because now my six-year-old daughter is way better On the mountain than I ever could hope to be. So uh, that was a lot of fun, but we spent that time rejuvenating as a family and really spent that time being grateful for my family, but I also spent time just being grateful for my church family as well. And so today we're going to do a lot of celebrating, but before we jump into what God is going to be doing here in 2023, we don't want to move into this new year so quickly that we don't stop to praise God and thank him for what he did in 2022. And so let's just start off right in the most recent thing here with Christmas. Christmas, in all accounts, was the largest uh, activity or event or celebration, however you want to word it, in the history of Mission Grove Church. Amen? Yeah. What do I mean by that? Well, it's our largest in-person gathering. We had 331 people here on Christmas Eve. We had another 398 views online with a Christmas at home experience. Had thirty. Yeah, we can keep clapping for that. We had 39 first-time guests, and what I w- really want to hear some clapping on is that we had 29 people pray to receive Christ at our Christmas Eve services. Isn't that awesome? So 29 people there, we're following up with them, uh, super excited there. We had another 22 other faith commitments, meaning like prayers, requesting prayer, recommitment, rededication, those type of things. So together, that's over 50 faith decisions, just two weeks ago. And then last week, while we didn't meet in person, we got to share the incredible faith story of the Butler family. So if you know the Butlers, they sit here normally in the front row, second service here. Well, you got to hear the heartbeat of Corey and Wendy and their kiddos as well, who Wendy really, this idea of for six years of not been able to walk and battling Charco and stuff. And then just around Thanksgiving here, after a number of surgeries, if you have not seen their story go on YouTube, not right this minute, because you're in a service, but when you get home, go and watch it, because it'll inspire you and encourage you, because now she is walking, amen, after six years, it is a walking miracle, yes, so we're praising that, as about 250 people have watched that, so uh, almost a thousand different interactions with the church just in the last two weeks, and so we're super excited and praying and praising God for what he's doing. Now, For our church, our vision is to help every man, woman, and child experience Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It always has been. It always will be. This is the DNA of our church. And so a vision defined is the living picture of a preferred future, meaning for every man, woman, and child to experience Jesus. This is where we're going. This is what we're after. This is our why. Now, the mission, some people use mission and vision. Same time, how I define it is that vision is that living picture of where we're going, okay? The mission is how we get there, and it's what we're doing on a daily, weekly basis as an organization and as people. And so our mission as a church is to plant the gospel, grow in community, and multiply through service. And see, we're seeing God move throughout this. And so, for example, last year we had eight baptisms that we celebrate that, and you can see some photos there, and we celebrate, we're clapping. Uh, It was personal for me, too. Got to baptize uh, Carter, my middle son, and that was so precious and sweet and so exciting there. We're seeing those, you know, 29 salvation decisions there at Christmas as a part of that. So we want to plant and declare the gospel in our lives every single week. But not only are we planting the gospel, we're also growing in community. And this fall semester, we launched more growth groups than ever before. And so we actually have nine growth groups currently meeting that reaches over 160 people on a weekly basis. Amen. Isn't that awesome that we can clap for that, that we're growing together, that we are connecting. If you do not have a group, I invite you and encourage you and urge you to get plugged in because the Christian life is not meant to be lived alone. And more than just sitting in rows, like we gather together, we sing, you hear the word of God preached, you can process through your life, but more than rows, we invite you to be a part of a circle, a part of a community, a part of a family, to know somebody, to be known. This is where the transformation happens. And it's not just listening to the words of God, but how you apply them in your lives and how you encourage others to do the same. This is where lives are changed. And that's why we don't just plant the gospel on Sunday mornings, but we encourage you to grow in community here throughout the week. Now, along with that, then we multiply through service. So if you follow the path of a seed, it's planted, it grows, and then it multiplies to others. That's why we're called Mission Grove, is that no single tree can make a grove, but a grove can start from just one tree. And the way we do that is that we multiply through service. And so you see, all throughout the year, we have incredible opportunities to be for the community. And we say that because we believe God is for you, which means we are for you, and together we can be for the community. We are changing the narrative of what the secular world thinks when they hear the word church. So many people, when they hear the word church, define what they are against. But here at Mission Grove, we wanted to be defined by who and what we are for. That's why we've been serving the homeless, Going downtown, that's why we do these uh, activities like fall festivals here with the Aviano community, whether it's the fireworks or Easter or Boobash. Bash. That's why we partner with schools. That's why we are we provide Christmas for Hope Kids family or why we are buying gifts and supplies for the students at Echo Mountain um, and for their teachers. And you guys should know on top of what you guys gave at Christmas time, we are putting an Amazon gift cards on top of that. Uh, for every single teacher that we're gonna get, and we're gonna pass those out here this month to the the, the teachers and staff there at Echo Mountain. And one of our very own, Lacey, here is a part of that. So thank you, Lacey, for connecting us with that and for serving the kiddos every single week. So this is what it means to be for the community, looking for ways to serve. But not only do we do that here, we do that around the world. And so we had our, our first really official mission trip. We did a scout trip two years ago. But we took over 20 people down. We built a house for a family in Mexico. It was incredible. It was so much fun. We're going to do that again in March. That's what you just heard about. But then also, we began our partnership with the Timothy Initiative. Now, here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to show you some interviews that I got to do with the leaders. Now, that one just, I'm giving you a heads up online audience. That one, when we show the interviews, that might have to stay in person because of the security risk. For the people there so you'll get to it's an encouragement to be here so you can see those interviews but if you cannot make it to here and you want to see the interviews that we're going to show this month um fill out that next step form let me know and i can send you a secured link we just can't post it publicly because there's some security stuff going on in the world and so we're going to show some of those over the next couple weeks i think you're going to love it but along with that church because of your generosity we have planted just in 2022 320 churches in india and Nepal. Isn't that amazing? See, we're seeing God move in such mighty ways to help every man, woman, and child experience Jesus, that we plant the gospel, grow in community, multiply through service. This is how I try to live my life personally. This is how we try to live our life organizationally. And this is what is going to bring victory in your life here in 2023. Now, we talk about the Crazy Love Project. This is what we launched there on our four-year anniversary and really the idea behind this is that we are compelled by the love of Christ to reach our community with the good news of the gospel and I have some really fun updates to share with you but to give an idea of where we're going in 2023 I got a little video playing I want you to, you can kind of see this is Cave Creek Road I'm going to sit down so I can see it as well uh, so you have Cave Creek Road just driving up here you're gonna see, um, I was in a small plane, and I, no, it's a drone footage. Um, and, uh, and so then uh, you can see this building here just at the corner of Cave Creek and Lone Mountain Road. Well, we've been praying for months, and I've shared with some of you publicly and more detailed personally um, all the challenges that we've faced with the negotiations, with the lease, with legal, with paperwork, uh, with permits, with the city, there's a lot of stuff that goes in. If you've ever been in a building project, you understand that there's some challenges there. You can see this space, it's 11,444 square feet. It's just a couple miles up the road, so we're not going far, we're still in our community. There's actually a space in the back that we're gonna turn into a community space. There's a playground already set up. Uh, there's gonna be classrooms for students, classrooms for kids. There's gonna be a 200 to 300 seat auditorium, plus those classrooms, cafe area, generous lobby, and all these things. Well. I shared with you on Christmas Eve that we got the keys, like literally days before Christmas Eve. But what I can share with you this morning, the following week, our permits also came through. So after waiting for over three months, after waiting for over three months, in seven days, we got both the keys to the building and we got permits for the city. We got insurance that are going through. And the reason that's important and the reason I'm sharing all that is that construction for this project You ready for it? Begins tomorrow, folks. Come on, let's go. We are beginning the project tomorrow. It starts 7 a.m. We're going to be there. The crew's going to be in there. It's super exciting. Now, here's what I want to do. If you are available to help, I don't need you yet because there's a lot of insurance and licensing and the things that need to go on first. But if you're available to help, can you let me know that? Like if you want to help with demo Not just do you want to swing a sledgehammer, I mean, that would be cool, maybe we'll let you have that, but if you want to help, if you're available, please put that in the comment section or prayer section or anywhere on this Next Step card. Let me know so that when we hear from our contractors what we can and cannot do, they might not trust me with a sledgehammer, but uh, I can reach out to you and follow up to you directly because the project begins tomorrow, 7 a.m., so please be in prayer for that Let me know if you want to help with that. And here, what's it going to look like? Well, actually, we have a concept drawing up on the screen now. You can kind of see. And so it's going to be modern. It's going to be clean. It's going to be fun. It's going to be incredible. And it's going to be a space that we can call our own. Yeah, amen, right? Now, for those that are curious here or maybe newer to the church, this project's gonna take probably about six months or so. So it's gonna take a little bit, right? It's, it's pretty much a full remodel space. So we're not going anywhere right now, okay? So next Sunday, don't just show up over there, okay? Um don't just start hitting things with a hammer or whatnot. We're still meeting here, okay? Until you hear otherwise, this is our gathering space. All right. And so we are excited for that. We're connecting to the community. But also with that, I haven't shared publicly any of the numbers that have come in. We've been putting out challenge cards. In fact, everyone who walked in with a bulletin received another pledge card. And so what we're doing today, and the reason we're calling this Victory Sunday, is that for the first time here, we're going to share with you where we're at in the project, and we are praising God for all that he has done. And so first, we ask people to make a two-year pledge, 24 months, and if you have not joined i understand i, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today that's why we have the pledge cards for everybody and understand too that 10 percent of what we raise in this is actually going to local and global missions and so i've already done that we've already been giving away to missions uh, what we bring in so 10 percent, we want to be considered a tithing church meaning that what you give we also give to the community and to missions and so that's why we say you don't just give to Mission Grove, you give through Mission Grove. And so for those that have pledged, thank you. For those that are praying about, thinking about it, man, jump in with us. And for those that are like, man, I, uh, great, another church talking about money. Look, this is not me asking something from you. This is me sharing exciting news for you. Because whether you give or not, you are welcome here. Whether you give or not, we want to preach the word of God. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we're going to jump into God's word here in just a moment. And I want something for you. And because I love you, and because I want something for you, this is what we're about. This is why we do it. This is why we celebrate the victory, because we are compelled by the love of Christ. And so I'm not going to give you a number behind it. Like I'm not going to guilt you to that, because I trust the Holy Spirit to do his work. And so I just want you to know I am so grateful. That's really my posture, is that I'm so grateful for those who give. And so I want to share with you where we're at. See, we set two goals. We have a victory goal of over two years, the next 24 months, to pledge 600000 And then we called a miracle goal of 750000 So the difference between the two is that 600000 it's just in the building. 750,000, we think, can really more finish the building and get us to the spot where we can more effectively minister. If you think about purchasing a home, the main thing is to get into the house, right? So, so sometimes you can get into the house. That's what that 600,000 number gets us to. And then 750,000 helps us finish the house, build out the room so we can more effectively minister here to the community. And so, so far, church, through three months, so we're not even, I mean, it's a two-year program. We got a two-year goal. For three months right now, can we get a little drum roll, please? A little drum roll here. We have pledged currently, we have pledged $521,303 already. We're only three months in church, and we're going. And that represents 57 pledges. So thank you so much to those who pledged to that and committed to that. And not only have people pledged to this project and to this campaign, is that you have already been faithful to give and because of your generosity is what allowed us to put down the deposit and down payment for the place it allows us to pay for architecture it allows us to pay for permitting and the down payment for our contractor and because you give and because you have given already this is what has allowed us to begin the project tomorrow and so can i get one more drum roll please that currently to date of the 521,000 pledge We have already received $254,754 to this project, amen? So we are just getting started. I mean, literally, tomorrow, 7 a.m., just getting started. But yet, God has been so faithful. We're growing. We're reaching more people. Okay, our online presence have over 450 subscribers there with that. We've had over 70,000 views online Engaging with us there. We just coming off of our largest in person service with the most salvation decisions ever. But I think truly the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I really believe that. I really do. And I don't think that's just something from me, I think it's something directly from the heart of God. And so I want to pray right now, and then we're going to jump into God's word. And I I think God's given me a word for our church today, and I think God's given me a word for you today that I think if we apply this, that it can change your outlook to this new year. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just praise you for all that you've done. From Christmas to the baptisms, to growth groups, to serving in our community, to planting churches in India and Nepal and missions all around the world. To those who have just given so sacrificially and generously to this crazy love project, God, we understand that apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, God, nothing can stop us and anything is possible. And so God, for those that are here, I pray that we can just humble ourselves, be challenged and changed by your word. God, you don't want, it's not about the money out of our wallets. (laughs) It's about the idol out of our hearts. That you spoke the world into existence, and that it's not wanting something from us, but rather giving something to us. And so as we approach this new year, it is my prayer that we don't just simply live for victory, but rather, God, we can live from victory that we already have in you. And so I lift up this church to you. We lift up this crazy love project to you. And from wherever anybody might be watching or listening to this, we pray that you can work in our lives today. We love you, God. It's in your hands, and we pray. Amen. Let's get personal, okay? That's some fun church business stuff that I'm excited about. For those that give, I hope you're excited about as well. But at, at its core, if God's not working in our lives, then what are we doing? <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Like, if we're, if we're not interacting with God on a personal basis, then how do we expect to be a light into this world? And so I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to experience victory this year? Are you ready to experience victory in 2023? If so, then I believe this to be true. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This year, choose courageous faith, and consistent obedience. These two things I think can radically change the outlook of your year. Courageous faith, consistent obedience. Another way to put it is big faith, risk-taking, bet the farm faith that you truly believe in the promises of God, but then small daily mundane obedience right because your life isn't going to change when you feel something your life changes when you do something i've heard it said before that successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally james clear in his book atomic habits puts it this way he says people do not rise to the level of their goals they fall to the level of their systems your habits matter. Obedience to God's word, it's not sexy, it's not crazy, it, it, no one might even see it. But those consistent steps, every day, consistent, small steps of obedience with big faith, belief, in the promises of God. When you put those two together, the world is changed. But don't just take my word for it. You see, God has promised us victory. We find that in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, victory is in Jesus. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Church, when you plant that seed, you might not see the harvest overnight, but it's time, Right? It's time for victory. The story goes of a Chinese bamboo tree that, those that are planted for the first five years, when you water it consistently and take care of the soil consistently for five years, you might not see any growth. But in its fifth year, it can grow up to 90 feet in a matter of weeks. So when does it grow? Does it grow 90 feet overnight, or does it take five years? I don't think it's a coincidence that here we are, church, year number five, you ready? I'm, I don't know if I'm ready, to be honest. I think I'm ready, but I'm praying. Church, this is our bamboo season. Let's go, right? We're going for it. How do I know? Because God has already promised us victory. It says in 1 John 5, 4, it says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It doesn't say that your health, it doesn't say that your finances, it doesn't say that your popularity or your reputation... It says your faith will be what makes you victorious. That's why we say that this year to choose courageous faith with consistent obedience. That it's your faith in the promises of God that leads to victory. And to help you with that, to get real practical, as well as sharing with you at a deeper level the passage that really defined this whole crazy love project, I want to share with you five keys to victory. And these come directly from the Word of God not for me, but they come from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in the beginning of chapter 6. And you're going to see the basis for this crazy love project. But more than just this project, I want you to have victory in your life. And more than just information shared from the stage, I want to see transformation in your life throughout the week. And it's courageous faith, consistent obedience. So the first key to victory in 2023 is our motive. Our motive If you want to have victory in 2023, you have to have the right motive, and that motive being love. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 13. It says, if we are beside ourselves, in other words, if we're crazy, (laughs) it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. Other translations use the word compels us. This is our motive. This is our motivation. This is our why. It says, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. This is why we're going, not to just build a building, not to just pat ourselves on the back, but to reach more people for the kingdom, to reach more people with the news that Jesus rose again. This is our motive. What is your motive this year? If your motive is anything else, anything else other than love, I promise you, you're going to fall short. Because love isn't a number. Love isn't just an outcome, but it is, it's the reason we do it, right? It's not always about numbers. Sometimes it's about health, right? If someone asks me and says, hey, John, how's your family doing? I don't go, five right? Think about that for a second, right? You, you do that as a church, at least, church world, right? Oh, what do you do? I'm a pastor of church. Well, how many people go? How do we, right? Your job, how, how much business do they make? What's your profit? What's it, right? I'm not like more successful or less successful with the number of people in my family, really, it, but it, I'm motivated by love, right? There is quantity involved. If you're in business, And you're like, I don't know what I'm making. Okay, you got other issues. Like, so I'm not saying don't know the numbers, just understand that there is quantitative, but there's also qualitative, and it comes back to our motivation, which is love. The second key to victory this year is our mindset. Our mindset. And our mindset has to be one of a new creation. So our motive is love, our mindset is new. This comes here in verse 16 and 17. It says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. We've shared this before, but in church world, so oftentimes we get identity and activity mixed up. You see, saint is... Is an identity sin is an activity sometimes we reverse the two we think that i go to church i read my bible i do this i do this this is this is an activity that's what it means to be a christian this activity no to be a christian is to be a forgiven loved child of god that you did nothing to earn it's called grace this is your identity That there is nothing you could do for God to love you more. There's nothing you could do right now for God to love you any less. And that you can approach the new year, not just new year, new you. It's new creation, (laughs) right? And so it changes everything. That your identity is a child of God. That's why we can walk from victory, not simply for it. And then sin is an activity that we battle, we struggle. What Satan will do is that when we mess up, when we fall short, then that becomes our identity. Oh, I am my sin. I am my issue. I am my addiction. I am my worst moment. I am the worst thing that somebody did to me. I am a victim. I am this, no, you are not a victim, church. You are victorious because you are a beloved child of God. A guy by the name of Saint Bernard uh, Clairvue wrote this. It's a great quote here. It says, In the first creation, God gave me myself. But in his new creation, God gave me himself. (laughs) By that gift restored me to the self that I had lost. Isn't that good? When God created the world, he gave you you. Right? You are unique. You are a snowflake. (laughs) I always thought that was a weird story, right? Like, you're a snowflake. It's, you're unique and you get trampled on and disappear within moments <laughs> right <laughs> think about it though in the first creation God gave you yourself you exist, God created you God thought of you, said yep the world needs you but in the new creation in salvation, God doesn't say self help, hey you're a better version of you it's not the old SNL sketch with Michael Jordan Looking in the mirror, I'm good enough, right, and by golly, people like me, right? Like, it's not, it's not self-help. In the new creation, God gives you himself. <laughs> so our motive is love. Our mindset is new. And then thirdly, the third key to victory is our ministry. Our ministry really is reconciliation, says in verse 18 it says all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself to reconcile means to restore to original purpose think about that To, to restore to its original intended purpose we had it perfect in the garden and we messed it up by chapter three And the entire Bible is filled with mistakes until God makes it finally right in the last two chapters. So of the entire Bible, there are only four without conflict. That's not a good percentage. But the reason this is important, it says, because he reconciled us to himself. And then notice this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he saved us to himself, but then he saved us for something, that we get to bring people to be restored to him. It says, verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. If you have young kids, you have to understand the battle of entrusting them with something, right? Right? Like, you're hesitant to give them your phone or keys or anything, like, don't break it, God gave us the keys to eternity. That's how much he trusted us. He knew all of our mistakes, all of our issues, and saying, I'm reconciling the world to me, and I'm going to invite you into that process so that through your passion, skills, desires, work ethic, you will be restoring creation Restoring relationships, restoring business and community and athletics and education and healthcare. God has called you into something so great because you get to restore creation to its original intended purpose. This is why our identity matters, this is why our ministry matters. So, God gives us a new motive. God gives us a new mindset. God gives us a new ministry. But then, fourth, God gives us a new message. Well, what is the message? What is it that we're sharing through what we say and do? What does it mean to love God and love others? Or read here in verse 19 it says, That is, that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. I want to pause there for a second. We just read that verse, but... Why is it that if God is willing to not count their trespasses against people, why are we so quick to count them? (laughs) Think about that for a second. God is willing to lay down his life as payment for the sins of others. And yet, how many church people do you know that, we are, that are so quick to judge. And how many of us, when we think about ourselves, are so quick to judge, right? He <laughs> says, no, that's not our ministry. It's a message of reconciliation. So what is it? Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And it's not on the screen, but verse 21, I forgot to put on there. That he continues on and he says for our sake he who knew no sin became sinner god made him he who knew no sin to become sin so that we could become the righteousness of god this is the message this is the good news this is the great exchange that so we get to exchange our sin for god's righteousness our brokenness for god's blessing this is the message that our world needs right now. I shared this with some of our church family a year or two ago, but we have a lot of new faces, so I, I want to bring this illustration back. That, did you know that any airplane or aircraft can be Air Force One? Do you know that? Any aircraft can be Air Force One. Why? Because the call sign of Air Force One is not the physical attributes of the plane, it's a call sign representing that the president is on board. We think so highly of Air Force One, the protection, the equipment, all these things, right? No, the the reason it's Air Force One is because the president is on board. Church, you are God's Air Force One, that if you believe in him, you have the presence of the holy God living inside of you. You are God's Air Force One. You are the temple, the living temple that embodies with the power of the Holy Spirit that we can reconcile the world to Him and share the message that hope is possible, forgiveness is possible, that love and purpose and joy is here, not in us, but in Jesus. That if you really want to have victory this year, it's not going to be your profit or loss statement, it's not going to be the weight gained or weight lost. You know, I I have a goal to lose twenty pounds, and on a week in I only got twenty-five to go. (laughs) You know. That's what happens, right? Courageous faith, consistent obedience. Last thing here. Church, we have to understand that this is our moment. This is our moment the time is now. Don't take my word for it, though. Let's let's, let's look at the scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It says, working together with him. How cool is that, by the way? That we get to work with God? Like, if you ever do a project with your kids, like I remember building the crib for Carter and Jackson when he was like four was trying to help me. He's like, yeah, I want to build it. And like, he really just took a screwdriver and just started scratching up the thing and just banging it on the wall and then like you know you build it and we get done and Jackson goes we did it (laughs) that's kind of like how our partnership is with God right like God does all of the work and then we try to take credit for it right but here we see it working together with God then we appeal you to not receive the grace of God in vain It says, for he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Oh, I love this phrase right here. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Church, what are we waiting for? I get it. Inflation is high. Challenges are tough. But I was reminded recently, just Monday night, of just how everybody needs God. I say that because if you're a sports fan and you were watching the Bills-Bengals game Monday night, and in a moment, Demar Hamlin stood up from making a tackle, collapsed on the field, and instantly a world became spiritual. Think about that—a billion-dollar industry stopped in a moment, and all people could think to do is to pray. And it wasn't just on the field; it wasn't just in the stadium. It was in the news. It was in the media. And it was amazing to see all of a sudden this world that was so quick to forget God, begging God to do something. Check this out. I was watching ESPN, and I, I'm a sports nerd. Okay, this is who I am, okay? And I love it I, way too much. I freely admit that. And a sports program that, that's all about money and stats and agency and teams and predictions and betting and all these things, and a church service broke out in the middle of live television. Check this out. Go ahead and check this out. Um,
1: football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm-hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for them. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I wanna, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for him. It is. Damar Hamlin, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar. To be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Church. I don't care what industry you're involved in. I I don't care if if it's the most secular thing you think of. In a moment's notice, people are going to cry for God. What we do matters. Eternity is real. God is big. Life is short. And we do pray for Damar, and and praise God, he he is woken up. He's still in critical condition, but he's talking with family. He got to Facetime with his team. Last night, I'm watching an NFL game and to see an entire stadium begin an NFL game in prayer. We're seeing posts, we're seeing tags. Why? Because people understand that they cannot save themselves. And while we celebrate the prayers and things for Demar Hamlin, I also think about all the struggles people have. I think about the Butlers, right? We've been battling, and it's still battling. I think about Bob Finkhauser, who many of you know, who later this month begins chemo. One of the founding members of our church, who drove the trailer for over a year for this church, begins chemo here in two weeks. How many of you know somebody who's struggling, whose marriage is broken, whose finances are struggling, who maybe they had all the success of the world, But they're searching. Church, We don't have to search. We have victory. And the world, it's not just against us here. We think it's like, oh, we're being persecuted. No. The world needs the gospel. The world needs Jesus. This is why we do what we do. This is why we gather. This is why we pray. This is why we sing. This is why we take communion. The reason I know we can have victory in 2023 is because Jesus had victory 2,000 years ago on the cross. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to sing. We're going to open these elements. Top one is the wafer representing the bread. Mm -hmm. cup representing the blood. Open those elements. might take a minute. (laughs) Reflect on those. We're going to take those together because Mm -hmm. it's through Jesus we have victory this year. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you. God, we do pray for Damar Hanlon. We praise you that you saved his life. But God, in the middle of that tragic moment, we are reminded of how our world needs you. That we cannot save ourselves. That God, you have saved us. And that through you, we can have courageous faith and consistent obedience and ultimately victory. Help us remember where that victory comes from as we take communion together.